morning. Nice to be with you. When we, when we get right down to it, you know, fundamentally, we are transparent beings. Our awareness, as you've probably seen, it, it has the capacity to receive and recognize uh, our experience and to allow everything to pass through. It's funny, we usually think of ourselves as moving through life, but when you sit, you begin to see all of life is moving through you. And so this asks of us to have a kind of fearless receptivity. It means that um, we can rest in the simplicity of our being. And um, everything can come and go. Uh, Fearlessness doesn't mean there's no fear. It means it's not the only thing in the room. And um, it can come and go too. So this practice... uh, um, of transparency, it, it calls for a kind of non-stick relationship to life. And in my experience anyway, in this practice, we're either in contact with that transparency, with the openness, we could say, or what obscures it. Um, what gets stuck? what causes problems. So in many ways, um, at least in the beginning of our practice, um, what we're doing is exposing to ourselves the ways in which we get stuck. Now, the Buddha listed a whole bunch of ways that we get stuck, (laughs) lots of them. But he was very kindly, I think, because he understood we have Dharma talks that are, have to go on a schedule. He very kindly reduced them to a list of three, which I think is good. You know, Buddhism has got all these lists. At Zen Center, uh, where I also practiced, there was a book of just lists. That's all it was. The whole book was lists. You know, the five of this, the seven of that, the six of this. So the Buddha named those famous three poisons. Greed, hatred, and delusion that you know so much You've heard so many times. I I like to, I I have a friend, Martin Alwood, and he reframed them in a beautiful way. He called them uh, demand, defend, distract. Yeah, I like that. And they they have a kind of energetic, we can understand them sort of energetically as push, pull, distract. Um, when I was first coming up in practice, I heard this idea of poisons, and I didn't like it too much. It sounded sort of over the top, you know. Until I really, when I started really practicing and seeing them, I really understood why they use that term. So, um, demand, greed, 
uh, is often described as this unquenchable thirst, you know. We want all the objects of our desire to um, provide us with a lasting satisfaction, with feel fulfilled. So the poison, what's the poison of that, you know? Well, the poison for me is of demand is that it creates this inner hunger and has always searching for an unattainable object or goal. We mistakenly believe that our happiness, this is when you, you know, we, we've heard this, this discussion so many times, but this is actually what makes me so sad. We misunderstand. We, we think our happiness is really dependent upon getting to that goal. But even when we get there, you know, it has no lasting satisfaction. So influenced by this uh, demand, uh, we're never content to stay with what we, what's here or to be with what's here. And so we stay in this cycle, this cycle of suffering. And, and if you watch in your practice, you can feel it, you know, like a pull. You can really feel the pull of grasping, you know. Sometimes you can even feel yourself leaning in a little bit, you know. You get it toward the end of the sitting when you're waiting for the bell to ring, you know. Like Angie said the other day, when will that damn bell ring, you know. What happens right after the bell rings? Anybody? Like, do you relax? You take it easy? Like, how come you didn't do that before the bell rang? I mean, if you like, I could just ring the bell for the entire sitting. <laughs> and you could be relaxed for the whole time. So sometimes when this comes up, this demand, we don't really recognize it. We don't see it in the mind, you know. But you can feel it in the body. You can get it like this pull. There's a kind of energetic pull. Here's the thing about these three poisons. Is that We all want beauty. We all want compassion, the love, the radiance that's promised to us in this practice. Um, but actually, these qualities take care of themselves once we see through what's obscuring them. And so the really one way that's helpful for me to regard these it, is to really see them as gateways you know, to the radiant what's most beautiful in us and in the world. So these distractions, these poisons, they're worthy of our attention. Yeah. So the second one is, uh, you know, classically called hatred or aversion. Um, I just think of it as defense. <laughs> you know, something's coming, I don't want it. I don't want it. poison here is that it traps us in this cycle of making an enemy of everything and everyone. Yeah. Uh, and in this conflict, the mind is always agitated. It's, you know, it's uh, never calm. It's endlessly occupied with strategies about how to fight that war or how to get rid of that experience. has this real quality of resistance about it, yeah. So it has this push, it has this energetic push, like, get out of here. 
I don't want you. So that's the poison, that we create conflict. Um, make enemies of the world and everything around us. So the third one, commonly called delusion, uh, I just think of it as distraction. It's really what delusion is, is a misperception of things. You know, like, like in Zen we say, uh, cultivate a don't-know mind. It doesn't mean to be ignorant. Ignorance isn't not knowing. Ignorance is misperception. We know something, but it's the wrong thing, and then we insist on it. There's a lot of that going on in the world right now. So the poison of delusion is that it arises as a kind of ignorance of our basic nature, of our true nature. We don't understand, actually, in that moment. We don't understand we're interdependent. We don't understand the impermanent nature of life. So as a result, it has us always looking outside ourselves for satisfaction, for the solutions to our problems. And this outward searching all the time keeps us again in this cycle of suffering. And, and if, you, if you pay attention to this feeling of delusion, it can feel physically, it feels energetically, it feels like a fog, you know, like sleepiness is one way to describe it, but it just feels like, um, like you're walking through molasses sometimes, or it's really dull, or, um, yeah, a kind of laziness of mind, we could call it. And what, what happens in this cycle is that we stay in this kind of fog and the habits and strategies of our life that we've been using, they go unquestioned. They don't get seen. And so they, they um, keep us in this vicious cycle. So there's not much push or pull here. It's more like being spaced out. So this, in a way we could say this is the Buddhist personality type you know, his Myers-Briggs version or his Enneagram, you know. Which of these are you? What's your favorite? And we all got all of them, of course, but what's your favorite, you know? Like when you go to a party, like when you walk in a room and there's a party, like do you head for the buffet table first, you know? Or something, some version on the theme of that, or do you arrive at the party and sort of look and say, don't like the wallpaper much, you know? You know? Or really hot dogs again, oh God. Or do you arrive at the party and say, is this the right party? Is this the place where I was supposed to be? I forget. Maybe I got the address wrong. Hmm. So, in a way that's the list and, and, and I think it's really useful to see them physically, to really get it physically, how these things pull and push us around or confuse us. Here's what, what's, for me, what's most important about this is that usually they're happening in the background and we don't notice it. And we think we're seeing things clearly. You know? I look at my dear wife 
and I see her through one of these lenses and I don't realize I'm looking through that lens and I think I'm seeing her clearly and I'm not. It's distorting my view. So I want to know these. I want to know them intimately. I want to know how they take shape and the mind and what happens in the mind and what happens in my heart when one of these are present and, and you know, what happens in the body. They're worthy of my attention. They're not something I'm trying to shrug off or dismiss or get rid of. I want to know them really intimately. So when they arise, one of the things we see is that the transparency I spoke of is occluded in some way. Something's blocking our view in the way. So I want to know that. I want to know what happens in my mind when there's greed. I want to know what happens in my heart. And I want to see what's going on in my body and the associations between the three. Then I also want to know, how do I find the transparency again? And it's not to avoid these experiences. It's, sometimes it's to pull back, though. Like there's a way in which we can investigate or inquire into them, um, become mindful of their various manifestations. And then sometimes it's useful to take a backward step, just a step back, you know, and see that, oh, there's all that activity of body and mind and heart. And oh, yeah, there's this lens that I'm seeing through, this attitude of mind. It's one of these uh, poisons. But now step back. Step back a little bit more. Now this mind that's clearer. It's open. It can include these poisons can include all that activity of mind and heart and body, but it isn't completely occluded by them. So taking this backward step, I think, in our practice is sometimes really helpful. It's not an avoidance. It's not trying to get away from. It's opening more. It's, it's like I said, fearlessness is not that there's no fear. It's that fear is not the only thing in the room. So ask yourself the simple question, what else is here? What else is here? When one of these are occluding our hearts or minds or bodies, what else is here? Well, all of these hindrances highlight our focus on self-image. The idea about how we, who we think we should be. Tell me, this is just a rhetorical question, but how many uh, of you are actually the way you think you should be? How many, anybody willing to raise their hand and say, I am actually the way I think I should be? <laughs> See, here's the thing in our, spirit, in our practice sometimes is we, we develop a spiritual ideal about where we should be, and then we use that ideal to not be where we are. Yeah. So this morning, let's just be where we are. And let's actually be really wise and kind enough to be willing to look and see what's obscuring the transparency. 
and not to see them as uh, uh, see them as something worthy of our attention. Yeah, see them as the gateway. Actually, see them as the gateway. And then you know, at the end, uh, after we sit for a while, I'll ask you, you know, what your favorite was. Yeah. So let's just sit, and and we'll see the you know we, it's inevitable. You'll see the arising of one or more of these particular qualities poisons. And if they're not there, what is there? If they're not present, what is present? Okay? So let's sit and see what we can discover. Push, pull, space out.
So just resting into the openness. The nature of awareness is open. nature of our nature is open. There's all the various activities of the body, the sensations, the coolness, the warmth, the pulsing, the tingling. Tightness. All the activities of heart. Calmness, sadness, joy, fear. All the activities of mind. Planning, strategizing, comparing, daydreaming. Now look and see if there's a lens that you're looking through. And is the lens clear? Is it occluded in some way, even subtly? Some pull for a particular experience or pushing away of another? Or the drifting off and not being present? I want to see what's occluding the lens. Sometimes it's hard to recognize in the mind, but we can sense it in the body. It's a kind of pull. Or push. A push can be just a tightening. Uh, maintaining of a kind of shell of boundary around the body. sensation of some kind of vagueness or numbness. Those are breadcrumbs that help you to recognize the presence of one of the poisons.
What's the effect of looking through that lens? How does it distort how you see something? How you experience your world? And then on occasion, just take a backward step. Step back further. See that there's awareness that's not occluded. It can even hold or mirror these poisons. There are endless objects and activities of mind, heart, and body. Look and see how you're relating to them.
Often we're so preoccupied with watching the objects of mind, the activities of mind and heart and body, and we fail to see how we're relating to them. We don't notice one of these poisons. Well, when we do, we might feel a righteousness about them. Look and see how it might be distorting your view. We can become so loyal to our view. And we don't realize it is one.
look and see. Is there anything obscuring the openness, the transparency? Sense the body for some subtle or gross push or pull or vagueness. See if there's an attitude in the mind of demand or defense or distraction. What happens when these are seen through or released, relaxed? And if they're not present, what is present?
What did you find? Crystal clear the whole time. Yeah, it's great, isn't it, when it happens like that? <laughs> so, uh, what did you notice? What was your favorite? And, uh, yeah, let's go back here. Somebody's got to, thanks, Vinny. We had some mic runners, didn't we? People running mics. Way in the, down the center aisle, Vinny. Center aisle. Left. There we go. Thank you, Vinny. Hi. <sighs> Noticing some. I think it's greed. <laughs> a uh, need to be seen a certain way or say the certain things. But what I did notice while sitting is um, I had an insight into a problem that I regularly encounter in my life, which is um, I have family members who support the current administration, which brings out a lot of mm -hmm. hatred in me. Like I, you know, can't abide mm. it. But when I look to see what else was there, I see that um, they're clearly, they're decent, loving, wonderful people in, mm -hmm. in practically every way except for that. <laughs> and so it's this, you know, so then I thought, well, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe they know something that I don't know. So I'll just say that it just gave me more space to sort of navigate that difficulty that I regularly encounter um, with some more ease and mm. and uh, maybe some more grace and mm. um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, beautiful. Keep it for a second. Like, okay. it's beautiful what you said. You know, like whatever we can give space to can move, right? We just remember that whatever we can give space to can move. Whatever contracted state of body, heart, or mind, just we give it a little space. It doesn't make everything it doesn't make everything all good again. It just allows it to unfold and show itself to us. That's what I mean by it moves, right? Give it space. It could show more of it can be seen. More understanding, more insight, more wisdom. Maybe more compassion too. Mm. For yourself also in the feeling of being isolated from people we love. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how's that right there as you just feel into that one? I, I think it's the compassion, you know, that I, I need to cultivate, you know, for, for myself and just for the world and just for how yeah. deluded everything seems to be right now. Yeah. You know, like this just, that's really. I, I feel like that's only the only answer is for me to try to just continue to be as open-hearted as I can. Yeah, and wise, you know, discerning, clear. But like, we didn't. We did not invent greed, hatred, and delusion. Right. I don't have to take it personally. Right. And in other words, this is rampant. This is the undercurrent, if you will, this big current moving through the human condition. Yeah. Right? 
you got it, I got it, everybody sitting here has got it, you know, and so do your parents. Yeah, and apparently the Buddha had it too, like yeah. running around, you know, trying to chop people's legs off, <laughs> or whatever yeah, this exactly. Was last yeah, time, right. You know? So this is the human. This is the current of the human condition. Yeah. So when we get, when we see that, we're, we're a little softer. We're also wiser. We're like, okay, I get it. This is really, this is worthy, you know, of my attention. But also we're kinder. We're in the boat together. Even if we don't know it, we're in the boat together. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, what else did you see? Let's go on over here, please, in the back, and we'll come to you in in a minute. A number of years ago, I committed to memory the Metta Sutta mm-hmm. on retreat with Bob Stahl, very appropriately, while in the forest, frightened. Mm-hmm. I learned it. And I've considered it to be a guiding light of sorts for me. Yeah. And it wasn't until reflecting on the three poisons that I realized those are the antidotes. Quite literally, the metasutta goes through yeah. greed, hatred, delusion, and tells you how to not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or be aware of what you might do mm-hmm. that involves those poisons. Yeah. Humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied. Right. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Clarity of vision, not holding to fixed views. There's an antidote to the poisons. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, as you say, they're beautiful antidotes, you know. And, and of course, at least, I think the best antidote is seeing them clearly. Yeah. Like, not just, all, you know, I don't think you're trying to do this, but I, I don't want to chase them away. I want to know them. I like, like my... You know, like when your relatives come over, if you haven't seen in a while, you want to get to know them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So that have the strength of that balancing factor from them. As you say, the metasutta goes through really quite precisely. And then really, I want to know this. I want to know when I'm looking at the sun through sunglasses. <laughs> you know? And it is not the way it looks when I'm looking through sunglasses, do you know what I mean? I just want to know that. So I can see the way things are. Okay, let's come up front here. Yeah. Raise your hand so she can see you. Yeah. When you were talking um, and I said, oh, I've just been reading about this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then as I sat, I, f- I felt this craving for knowing. Yeah. And so often it's putting another book in front of me, even your book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, putting another book in, in front of me and I could see then it's more conceptualizing than yeah. knowing. Yeah. 
Mm. When I'm grasping at another way to know this, another way to know yeah. this, and that um, there was greed yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's there a lot. <laughs> and it's subtle and gross in its forms, right? And, you know, let's not make trying to learn bad, right? I don't want to, but we want to look and see what's motivating this, you know? What's the driving force here? You know, seeking is a bad deal. You know, a lot of us came up, you came up like me in the age group where, you know, everybody was a seeker. Like, seeking's a bad deal, you know? <laughs> in a certain way, it's full of agitation and restlessness. Seeking doesn't end by finding, it just ends, yeah? So, there is a kind of seeking which is useful, but for me it feels more like love. I want to come close to something I already, in a way, know, you know, or want to know. You know, I, want, I love it, so I want to be with it. And that's different than I want to master it or I want to, you know, own it. I love it. I love the truth, and so I want to discover what's true. Yeah. Feel it, can feel the difference in that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, that's exactly, it's like I could see your belly soften. As I said that, it was beautiful to watch, and your eyes lit up. We want to be with what we love. Thank you. Thanks for your honesty. Let's come on over here, I guess, next. we here, yeah. Thank you for running that mic, appreciate that. I was just going to piggyback on that. That was my discovery in this sit and previous sits too. Once I started investigation work, uh-huh. uh, I've realized the wanting mind, it could have been anything from planning to wanting knowledge to wanting to crack my back. It <laughs> all stemmed on wanting love. Mm-hmm. If I just searched deeper and deeper, like went backtracked, even what cracking right. my back was all about. And then once I settled into the heart, then... I didn't, my, my spine felt fine. Yeah. yeah. So, so you can feel the this difference between that kind of craving, right? And there's nothing wrong with wanting, but that kind of craving that says, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, and I gotta have it now. You know, you can really feel the pull of that, right? Like, give it to me. Right? And, and how could you possibly get love that way? And then when you relax, it's not, you know, it's not just the heart, it's the whole body relaxing, the mind relaxing, the heart, consciousness relaxing, resting. You know, we, we talk about wise effort a lot, and I think James mentioned in his talk, for me, wise effort is not more or less energy. It's the finding a balance between relaxation and interest. Yeah? Relaxation and curiosity, we could say. Like, what happens if I relax? Oh, now it's showing up. That's good, good, good understanding, good for you. Yeah. I can't get love that way. What else is on your hearts and minds? Yes, sir, right here in the center, over here. 
I didn't, um, it wasn't a surprise to me to see a lot of aversion. That's my favorite poison. <laughs> Welcome I, to the club. Thank you. Uh, so I'm struggling because um, I feel really resistant to this format of this retreat. It's, mm -hmm. I just signed up because it was the right time. No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And so there's part of me that just wants to say, I'm just going to go sit in my room. Mm -hmm. And then there's another part of me that says, no, I want to do it right. I want to be a good yogi. And I want to I feel a part of the community. And so I can't, I'm just like, I feel... Um, Almost like a, a war inside. Like mm -hmm. I just, I just want to sit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want to try and get into this. Yeah. And on the other hand, I don't want to just uh, yeah. be a party pooper, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so you're feeling that kind of, there's a kind of almost, you can almost feel like a split, right? Like a war, war of the roses. Yeah. I just want to do my sitting practice and, you know, relax, right? And what's all this other stuff? Well, you know, um, I'm kind of a spiritual pragmatist, you know? I mean, I've lived in monasteries and mountaintops, you know, but I, I like, want to be in the world, in a way. I want to find out how do I make this, how do I... How can this practice serve me in everything I do? Right? So that means I got to use it in everything I do. Um, and absolutely, as you suggest, there's times when we just need the stillness and the silence and the conditions which are conducive to that. And, and, um, and I'm sorry that that um, you didn't. This isn't what you imagined. Now what? Now what are you going to do? Yeah, so, so you know, in, uh, in Zen practice, uh, in the Zendo every night we say, beings are numberless, I vow to liberate them. Like, that's impossible, right? It's impossible, like, how are you going to do that? And every night we make that vow. So it's basically the question is, what are you going to do? You know, like, here it is, here's, here's, your suffering and the world's suffering. Like, how am I going to meet it? How am I going to meet it? Yeah. And is it just, is, will it just be about my shifting the conditions so that it works well for me? Sometimes that's really helpful. Maybe you need to, you know, have some autonomy and sit in your room some of the time. But also, like, how do I meet this? How do I meet this? Like, it's right up there, right? It's really clear. Here it is. Here's this division. How do I... How do I let these two have a handshake agreement? Like, just meet each other a little bit, shake hands. Say, okay, what do you, how do you guys want to work this out? <laughs> it's like my granddaughter, you know, she's just climbing all over me. I said, so, what do you really want in here, you know? So, let them just shake hands, these two sides. See what happens at the boundary when they meet as opposed to picking sides, you know, hold the, hold the tension of opposites here and see if there's a third something that emerges that you haven't even seen yet. Yeah. Thanks for your honesty. Let's see, there was someone else here, right there. Oh yeah, there we are.
Thank you. James will get you a fresh ice cream. (laughs) Yum, my favorite. Mm -hmm. Now? Yeah. So, uh, mm, during my investigation, I was fighting off waves of fatigue and sleepiness. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I don't know how to be with that except by either pushing back against it, <laughs> fighting it, or succumbing to it and welcoming it, if you will. Like, and um, when something is not, like you really want to be present, mm-hmm. but the body is doing something else. And I wasn't disengaged in my mind, but for lack of sleep, something else was happening to me, and that split that you talked about was here. And I realize I feel as if I only have two choices, Mm -hmm. to either grasp at something or avoid that something, Mm -hmm. to get to where I really want to to be sometimes. And so to just stay with it and investigate it a little bit, but when you're that sleepy, it's really hard. So I just tried to put my hand on my heart Mm -hmm. and see if physical contact Mm -hmm. could wake me up a little bit Mm -hmm. and what would happen, like how is that, to see how that, so like a little experiment. How'd it go? some energy came up, like, oh, I'm here. I'm yeah. not lost to the sleep. Yeah. I'm still very fatigued, but mm-hmm. I'm not lost to it. Yeah. And that's about as much as I could come up with. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I think it's really skillful that you came up with that, you know. Um, I had a heart attack some years ago, and a friend of mine came over to the house, and um, she, she, she teaches in San Quentin a lot, and she works with these really tough guys. And She has this practice that she does. It's kind of like she puts her hand on her belly and her hand on her heart, and she said, I'm here now. And everybody repeats it, I'm here now, I'm here now. And then finally, they say, we are here now. We are here now. It's just that. That's the whole thing. Right? And so it's really a skillful um, response, really, to... Actually, what's happening in the mind is all three of those poisons are getting going, right? I want to not be sleepy, I hate this sleepiness, and, and I keep being sleepy. <laughs> and so this movement, uh, we are here now, I'm here now, with all of this, the whole Megillah, right? Well, that's a skill, that's a beautiful way to do it, to really, it's like, it's asking the question, what else is here? So that's all going on. Well, what else is here? What else is here is that I'm here. That's, you know, if everything else fails in meditation, ask that question. What else is here? Yeah. Okay. Oh, hi. Way in the back there. 
I feel like a bumblebee visiting flowers. <laughs> this is. Hello, hello, okay. Um, so what's been coming up for me is uh, and I've been uh, I kind of take it as this old house guest that I got to know mm -hmm. self-doubt yeah and uh, been sitting with it for about a year mm -hmm. really aware mm -hmm. right um, within my practice becoming to know to know it where it lives in my body mm-hmm but I feel now that I'm just tolerating it, just like that house guest that won't yeah. go away. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, all right, I see you. I see your birth, your life, and your death. And I'm kind of, I just sit with that, and that's it. Okay, it's gone. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's going anywhere. Yeah. You know, in this, the, these last couple of days, the um, stories, of course. You know, there's some regret, and then it turns into the the self-doubt yeah. and the story. So the push, the pull, and then the it's all there. Yeah, sure. The poisons are all there. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I don't, I don't, I no longer hold the idea I'm going to get rid of anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my friend Ramdas, he, he, he said, you know, all these years of spiritual practice and psychotherapy and, and uh, you know, LST and gurus. You know, he said, I haven't got rid of one single neurosis. <laughs> I just, I loved it, you know. Me too. But, but it's not, it doesn't have to be the defining characteristic of my life. Like I can have doubt and not have it take up all the space in the room. I can have doubt and say, yeah, I have that. That's going on, you know. The, 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 the really curious part about doubt for me, or the, the really crippling part of doubt is a better way to say it, is how it closes the system. Like everything shuts down, right? Like belief, inspiration, you know, motivation. And so um, that's, you have to, that's where you have to really ask the question, what else is here when there's doubt? Because it, it, the expectation that it will go away, first of all, may be greatest cause of pain. I was sitting in this hall, and, and I got this feeling in my belly, and I thought it was fear. And so I watched it, fear, 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 I know fear, you know. And then after about two days, it wasn't going away, and I realized it was doubt. And doubt is crippling. It just, and I went to my room over there, and I just curled up in the bed, and I just was in a fetus position for all day, crying, you know. It was like, oh, everything. And, you know, the... the, the, the Balancing factors are inspiration. So you think of inspiring teachers or texts. So I thought of the Dalai Lama. I thought of Thich Nhat Hanh. I said, what the hell do they know? They've been Buddhists all their life, you know? <laughs> and everything, everything I thought about Buddhism went out the window. Everything I had faith in, gone. And then my friend, Roger Walsh, he's a psychiatrist. He's a very logical guy. and He sat more three-month retreats than anyone I know. And I got out of my room, came out of my room to go to the bathroom, and Roger was doing walking meditation in the hall. I'm thinking of Roger because his wife just died, and she's a dear friend of mine. 
So I went to the bathroom and I came out and there was Roger doing walking meditation in the hall. I didn't go back to my room. I just got in behind Roger and walked behind him. I just walked behind him. It was the best thing I knew how to do, you know. Like I just borrowed his faith and until I could find my own again. So it's there. It's not the only thing. Ask what else is here. Pick your head up from the doubt sometimes and see that there's somebody that's not in doubt. Get in behind them. Walk with them. Don't expect it to go away. Come to know it really, really well, you know, and maybe it takes a long time to know it. it might take years. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, because I know it. I know, where, I know where it lives. Where before I was, like, like you, it was debilitating. I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. To where now it's like, oh, I know, it, it is in my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's often there. Interesting. It's so, so, you know, what else is there? Is it lift? Your, you know, like literally, sometimes you got to lift your head up. Yeah. <laughs> literally, you know, see the horizon, and I don't mean just to cheer yourself up. I mean to really see that there's space mm. that this is floating in or contracted in. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. If you're yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate it. Okay. That's enough for now. So, so we'll take a break, huh? Um, for about 15 minutes, so we'll ring a bell to come back in. Let's do this break and stay in the silence. I think it'd be good to stay in the silence. And just let this keep cooking, you know? Like, watch the attitude of mind. See what your relationship is to things. See if it's being, you know, flavored. If it's being filtered by any one of these three. And if it's not, Great. What's there? Okay. Please enjoy your break. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.